0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash POS for a $1 per month trial. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, September 22nd. The House passed a bill on Wednesday aimed at preventing another January 6th by getting to the core of what was occurring that day by amending the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Now, in the lead up to the election of 2020, the Electoral Count Act of 1887 was getting some attention in the press because Donald Trump was threatening not to accept the results of the election. And there was some chatter about, well, what would that look like if the president of the United States loses and doesn't accept the result? And there were folks writing about the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and that there are sort of a lot of holes in that law that you can try and drive a Mack truck through, which we then learned in the subsequent months and years. That's precisely what Donald Trump and his allies were trying to do when they were attempting to thwart the will of the people. And it resulted in that horrific insurrection on the 6th of January. This bill that passed in the House this week, trying to amend the Electoral Count Act to deal with some of the realities we saw take place on the 6th, it was introduced by Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney and Democratic Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren. Two members of the January 6th House Select Committee. And the goal here is to make it harder to overturn a certified presidential election. The House vote was 229 to 203. Nine Republicans joined Democrats in voting for the measure, including Cheney, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, Peter Meyer of Michigan, Tom Rice of South Carolina, Jamie Herrera, Butler of Washington State, John Katko of New York, Fred Upton of Michigan, Chris Jacobs of New York, and Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio. You'll note in that list of Republicans I just named, not a single one of them is coming back to Congress next year. They have all either announced their retirements, been defeated in primaries, and many of them voted to impeach Donald Trump. So what does this bill do? Well, it makes crystal clear that the vice president does not have the power to reject official state electoral slates or delay the counting of votes. This is precisely what Donald Trump and his allies were trying to get Vice President Mike Pence to do leading up to the 6th of January, which, as you know, Pence in his analysis of the Constitution and of the law, rejected that plea that has forever severed the Trump-Pence relationship. Here was Congresswoman Liz Cheney advocating for her bill on the House floor yesterday. January 6th was not, quote, democracy in action. And our oath of office is to support and defend the Constitution, which provides the method by which we elect our president. Legal challenges are not improper, but Donald Trump's refusal to abide by the rulings of the courts certainly was. The bill also addresses any potential delays a state could make to counting and certifying its votes. Cheney and Lofgren say the legislation is critical and point to candidates currently running for office across the country who would have the power over future elections and are committed to Donald Trump's falsehoods and lies about the 2020 election. This is an actual problem that our democracy is facing right now. My colleague Daniel Dale has been following the midterm election candidates, and he reports that the Republican nominee in at least 22 of this year's 36 governor's races is someone who has rejected, declined to affirm, raised doubts about, or tried to overturn the 2020 election. And governors play a major role in elections. Most importantly, they certify election results from their states. Now, the House bill actually directly addresses this. If a governor refuses to certify the election results and the court orders it must be certified, the bill authorizes another state official to certify the results, making sure governors cannot stand in the way of the election certification process simply on their own. Dale also reports that in at least 11 states, the Republican nominee for secretary of state is someone who has questioned, rejected, or tried to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 election. And remember, the secretary of state in many, many states across this country is responsible for the oversight of elections. But of course, this is Congress, and this is that sausage-making process nobody likes to see, and the Senate has its own plan of how to deal with the Electoral Count Act. And so there is no sort of swift passage of this bill that passed the House in the Senate. A bipartisan group of senators in July put forward their proposal of how to deal with this. It has not yet gotten a vote. Here's what Zoe Lofgren, one of the champions of the House bill and co-sponsors of it, told CNN on that matter. Congresswoman Cheney and I have worked for the last uh, multiple months, probably six, seven months, On a bill, there's a lot of overlap and similarities. There's a few distinctions. And if there are differences, we'll work them out. One of the main differences between the two bills is that the House bill essentially has tougher restrictions for a member of Congress to raise an objection to a state's electors. For example, the House bill outlines five specific and narrow reasons for raising objections, whereas the Senate version does not restrict reasons for objecting. One of the main things both bills have in common. The vice president's role. It is unclear if the Senate will get to a vote on its version of the bill before the midterm election. For their part, House Republicans claim they were left out of the House bill entirely. Some say they may vote on a Senate version of the bill. That has a lot to do with Liz Cheney's presence on the House version bill. Don Bacon, a Nebraska Republican from a swing district, told my colleague Manu Raju that he felt like. The Republicans simply had no say in this process. This was a Speaker Pelosi partisan special, just cramming it down our throat, didn't ask for a single Republican input other than I know Liz Cheney got on it. But I just think it's not a a bipartisan effort at all. He added that the House bill allows the federal government to encroach on what a state is doing, whereas the Senate bill mainly focuses on the vice president's role. Republicans also claim that Pelosi rushed the bill to try to draw attention back to Donald Trump ahead of the midterms. Here was Congressman Rodney Davis earlier this week. Why rush such a significant piece of legislation when the next presidential certification won't happen for over two years? It's simple. Democrats in the 1-6 committee are desperately trying to talk about their favorite topic, and that is former President Trump. Basically, this bill is one of the products of the work of the House Select Committee, and it is now gone through the House as the January 6th committee has officially announced its next hearing, which is going to be next Wednesday, September 28th. And a source close to the committee tells CNN that it has made an agreement with Ginny Thomas for an interview committee's been interested in speaking with the conservative activist and wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas for quite some time, especially after CNN reported that she exchanged text messages with then-Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows prior to January 6th about overturning the election. Another person of interest to the committee, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. He told CNN Today that he does not know if he will talk to the committee or not.